folks welcome back to another episode of talking pace the restorative conversations podcast from northern ireland alternatives i'm your host glenn miller and i'm delighted today to be joined by three guests and uh, who have a long-term connection to alternatives and the work that goes on here i have uh, rory who we'll get a wee bit from in a, in a second we have tim who is one of our aspire workers and we also have Emmett, who some of you as well have heard from before on previous episodes regarding our counselling and uh, wellbeing programmes here. And specifically, we're going to be looking at um, two programmes in particular. I've already mentioned Aspire and also the MIND programme that exists here. And we'll find out a wee bit more about them as we go along. But Rory, I'm going to start with you because you're, you're one of the reasons why we're here in the room having this particular conversation. And uh, you've obviously come into alternatives at a particular point and receive some help in terms of your own life. But what I'd like you to do, if you don't mind, is talk to us about what was happening in your life prior to being referred into alternatives. Yeah, so um, I sort of started uh, at a young age uh, taking drugs. It started off with uh, weed, just for friends, probably about 14. Um, it then led on to then you started drinking, uh, taking it probably every other week, then led on to some harder drugs, you know, as the years went on. Um, as I got to about 17, 18, uh, I turned to cocaine, which was my so, uh, what I got addicted to. Um, it then led to me taking it, you know, once every weekend or to every weekend, to a few days of the weekend, then I've been a few days to then drinking throughout the week, uh, leading to uh, not getting sort of go into tech and then not actually finishing tech my first course um ended up becoming a pt which then went on to covid that obviously hit which i was also in the middle of doing a bodybuilding show which got cancelled so it took a lot of a uh, toll on toll on me uh which then i started heavily drinking taking cocaine every day uh which led to me getting into debt and stuff and getting caught up with the wrong crowd uh ended up yeah, taking coke every day, uh, which then led to me getting to prison. I got out of prison and then linking up with these guys. Okay, so let, let's roll back um, a wee touch then. When did you start becoming aware or did you become aware that this was becoming a problem for you? What kind of things were happening that, that were suggesting that, hey, this is maybe getting out of hand? So people around me always told me for the guts of two years, you know, that it was becoming a problem, but... At the time, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? It didn't, didn't really feel like a problem at the time until I started getting into losing relationships. You know, I was losing contact with my mom and dad and stuff like that there, uh, messing up personal relationships and stuff like that as well. Um, realizing that I couldn't sort of get out of bed without taking it. I couldn't do anything without taking it. I was re reliant on it when I didn't have it. It was the first thing I was looking for and stuff. So it did sort of like start to kick in sort of just before... Um, I ended up getting called sort of just uh, a few weeks before that. I actually had tried to come off it myself, um, which led to several seizures, not getting out of bed for like four days, uh, seeing stuff that wasn't there and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't know you could go to the doctors at the time. I thought if I went to the doctors, I'd get in trouble. So I tried to do it myself, which is actually, I found out to be a lot more harmful to you. 
Okay, and you, you mentioned there about obviously relationships started to deteriorate, and then you, you mentioned there about this idea of being caught. Yeah. Talk to us, explain to us what that actually means for us, for you. Um, so basically, I was like transporting, I was transporting drugs. So I was, um, got pulled over in a taxi and arrested. So it was. Okay, so you were done for possession with intent to distribute? Or? Yeah. Okay. And where did that, where did that lead to the end? Is that, is that what ultimately led to the referral here? What happened once so that, that led to uh, me getting arrested and then I went into prison and then I, when I got bailed out, I got connected with, well, actually my mom got connected to Niacro when I was in there, which then when I got out, they connected me through to you guys. Okay, and did your mum then be was she talking to you about this connection with Niagara? Was that how that developed or So yeah, my mum talked to me as when I got out about it because they had been supporting her whenever I was inside. Okay. Alrighty. And then as a result of the work with Niagara, how long did it take? Were you how long were you in connection with them before they said, Listen, we think the place that you should be going to is alternatives? I think it was about um two or three two or three months. So I must have been. And then I was connected on to Timler, uh, who took me through the restorative program. Okay. So what kind of things were you doing in that two to three months with Niagara? How were they handling things with um, you? They were just sort of helping me do, like, find a place to live and finding work and sort of trying to help with just kind of get myself back on my feet was the kind of thing they were helping me with. Okay. And how did that go for you? Uh, it was good. I was so I was living with my nanny at the time, and then I was able to find uh, like a renter room accommodation, which is where I'd moved to there. Which then I was able to get a job and sort of get back out on my feet. So I was okay, be a bit more independent again. And then obviously, what was it in terms of that work? So they worked with you for a number of months. What was it that led them to go? I think this is the way forward. You need to go and work with these guys. Um, well, I was struggling with my mental health at the time, which I think w which was a big thing that pushed me on to you guys. Um, I was trying, you know, going through the NHS stuff I got there, but it just wasn't working for me because you could only do it over the phone where I'm quite a, I need to see a face-to-face -face kind of person. Uh, so I think that's what led me on to. And then also I was keen to turn my life around and I got noticed that I, what I was doing was wrong and I wanted to make a better impact and shoot hopefully stop people going down the same road that I did. Okay. Alrighty, so then there's a referral to alternatives and then that's when Tim comes on board. So maybe this is a good place for us to maybe switch across and have a, a quick chat with, with Tim. Tim, how did you end up getting the referral? How did that actually happen? So um, Joanne, who was uh, Rory's Rory's uh, Niacro worker, Community Aspire is, is their program, so they... That's essentially what they do is is support is support people as they um, are looking to kind of get new medical center, get housing, and that sort of stuff, and help with benefits. So, um, so Joanne uh, sent through a referral to myself and Doogie, um, the other Aspire worker with alternatives, um, and essentially I was best placed to take that referral. So Doogie and I had a bit of a discussion. I was I'll I'll take on that referral. Um, and then initially just made contact with with Rory um, and that's that's where we started was that kind of from the referral form to a one-to-one -one with Rory um, and 
it's as simple as that. Uh, but yeah, it kind of led us along a journey from there. Talk to us a wee bit more about those initial stages then, you know, that whole getting to know Rory and how important that is to the process that we work through here. Uh, so there's, there's so much in <laughs> there's so much in that question. Um, the process that we work through and, you know, as you know, Glenn, as, as anyone doing restorative work knows, the relationship is key. It's the only thing that 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 matters in that in that process. That kind of because it's a voluntary process. Then Rory and I need to have a connection. Otherwise, he's just going to go. No, I'm not interested. So there was a whole lot of getting to know Rory, what, what he was into, what he um, beyond drugs, um, <laughs> what, what else he, but what he was into mm-hmm. in terms of uh, like just socially and and all of that, and then. Just seeing where the connection was, and also part of part of getting to know Rory and Rory getting to know me is, is is that feeling out? Is he genuine in mm. his in his uh, desire to change? Is he genuine in his uh, sorrow for what has happened? Is 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 he genuine in this process? So all of that um, happens in those initial meetings, and it's not necessarily a direct question: Are you genuine? Because mm. anyone can say yes, but it's that sense of well, actually, I'm picking up that. He, he wants to change there's a desire to to move on from this and move positively on from this and not just because there's a fear of prison but actually because he recognizes what he has done is wrong mm. um and and that that's an important aspect of of that those initial definitely chats. and what was that like for you tim because i know sometimes whenever we're running programs and you've got you know funding bodies and organizations that are looking for results mm-hmm. you know listening to Hey, I'm just taking some time to get to know this guy. What's that like? Do you feel any kind of pressure under that, there, or is the environment that you're in really conducive to that? There's within the Aspire project. There's a little bit of time pressure because you essentially have a an 16 sessions to work with someone. Um, with Rory, I kind of ignored those because I think um, to do the restorative process well, we need to just allow the time. Um, so with Rory and, and another guy I was working with alongside at the same time, I just kind of ignored them. Uh, and also Rory was only my second person that I was leading through that process. So I had to feel it out a lot too. So, um, essentially ignored them. Uh, there's a, there's a bit more flexibility around a restorative, uh, referral rather than a, just a straight up community referral into the Aspire project. And those are two different referrals so a restorative referral is to come in and do a restorative piece of work so like rory has been he's been arrested for um for moving drugs so that's so we look we'll focus on the crime we'll focus on the harm that's that's caused through that the other the kind of the more community referral is is more of a, a prevention role where we're we're working with young people young men 16 to 30 that are at risk of getting involved in criminal behavior. Um, and we're trying to deter them from that. So move them away from that. So that's a kind of an early intervention, pre-police, pre-anything, so that we can kind of, it's, it's like a mentoring process away from, from where they are. Um, so, so that's, time-wise, that's a stricter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this one, there's a little bit more freedom. So I took liberty with the freedom, and I think that's a fair thing to do because yeah. it's essential to get to know um, and connect. Definitely. So you mentioned there a bit about, you know, having to go through almost a wee touch of an assessment and see whether you talked that you about the word genuine. 
Um, was there, you know, was Rory serious about what he, you know, was there a sense of taking responsibility? What kind of things did you observe that told you that he was? I think, I think there's, um, there's a few things. There, there's the way you talk about something is really significant um, because I've, and I, I've now worked with people that I can determine aren't genuine because of how they talk about what's happened. So they talk about what's happened um, as a way of stroking their ego, as a way of boasting. And um, and I, part of my, I've done youth work for 20 years, so I kind of know the difference. <laughs> like You know, you kind of feel people out, but that's sort of how Rory spoke about what had happened. It wasn't telling me, oh, this is my war story and this is something that I own and this is great, aren't I a big lad? It was, this is something that I've done that has caused genuine harm to myself, to my parents. I recognize that. And as we went on, we looked at, we looked at more harm that had been caused. But he spoke about it in, in, in a genuine, I have, I have done wrong here. And I recognize that I need to change for my own good before I find my end up dead. I think at some point we, we spoke about are end up in worse trouble than I had been. And in those initial those initial meetings, we talked about well, what did it look like for you in the lead up to being caught? Mm-hmm. What was what was happening? You know, and we Rory's briefly mentioned it, but we talked about Rory talked about the stress of it all, the kind of the mental anguish that he went through and the, some of the physical stuff that had happened to him as well. And you, you just go actually from our conversation, from my assessment of our conversation, Rory recognizes the wrong that he's done and he recognizes that what he has done is wrong, but also that he needs to change um, and move on from this in a positive way. Okay, so Rory, let, let's come back into you. So you've heard Tim talking a wee bit about his experience initially of meeting up with you and how he, his approach um, the approach that he took. What are your recollections of that in terms of what were you thinking, feeling at the time that you one that you met him, and then as you got to know him a wee bit better, how did that? How did that, I suppose? How did that help you in any sense? Yeah. So um, it goes ages ago. It's quite hard to What's like think back, but um, as I so when I first met him, I kind of felt. Firstly, because he's a bit younger, <laughs> you know, I kind of got the uh, was better connection, you know. If um, it felt you only like, think I'm younger, really. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, you know, it made me feel more comfortable. If that made sense to sort of open up. Um, obviously, at the start, I was quite hesitant on what I'm saying, sort of what I'm doing like this. But as I sort of built a relationship with him, I was realized that it was a good tr- trust was built. Um, I was able to be more open and. Uh, you know, I felt like he listened to me and took on what I was saying and didn't think that I was talking. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. And talk to us a wee bit about what it's like to be listened to, like really listened to. Yeah, it's good, especially at that point in my life. It was quite, it was still really f- fresh where I felt like, you know, even sometimes speaking to my mom and dad, they didn't really understand. It was quite hard. You nearly felt judged talking mm-hmm. about it in a way. Uh, so it was good to be able to open up and not feel like this person's judging me. Like I could tell him I knew he was going to come back the next week, if that made sense, where mm-hmm. there's some things that, you know, I, I was hesitant to tell maybe my mom and dad or something in case they were like, well, that's too far, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, 
Yeah, that was definitely a good thing about it. So I'm going to open this up to both of you in, in terms of what you want to say or, or progress with next. You, you have that initial connection. You start building the trust. You start knowing that you're being listened to. You recognize that, one, Rory's being genuine. Two, you recognize that Tim is genuinely interested in, in helping you. How do you develop a plan or what was the work that you were doing that you developed to address the needs that you were experiencing, Rory? And I suppose, Tim, what you were starting to recognize and what you were seeing in terms of how that relationship was developing? Yeah, the, well, the one thing that was mainly, so obviously the restorative work, learning about what I'd done and stuff like that there, but as I mentioned before, I was, well, I was, meant, I was said mental health, but I was actually suicidal at the time as well, which I was struggling with, and Tim was able to refer me to Emma and stuff, which had literally saved my life from the start, so that happening, Give me a better more that they actually care about me, you know, that kind of thing. Where, um, yeah, I don't think I'd have been sitting here if that hadn't happened. So it was, and um, give me even more sort of drive to sort of go through with it, if you know what I mean, and keep going because sure. it did go on for a long while and there was sort of breaks and stuff as well, just because it went over Christmas and you know, and all yeah. that kind of thing. But, um, I was pretty keen to keep going and sort of get done, which they supported, which was good. Yeah. Tim, did that come across as like a, a top priority in terms of Rory's mental health then? Yeah, it, like very quickly it became evident that that um, he needed additional support beyond me. Uh, you know, I can I can listen well and I mm. can uh, respect Rory and, and speak about what's happened. But in terms of um, that, that mental health element, I know that there's people much more experienced than I am and with... Um, better position to help and that's then where, where Emmett came in um, and thankfully at that time um, we were able to get Rory in very quickly to see Emmett um, so I think it was only a few weeks after meeting with Rory that that part of the plan got actioned um, it took a little bit longer to do that kind of restorative reflection piece between Rory and I just because if building the connection you know that genuine honest open transparent hot relationship that, that we wanted to have to, to make that to make sure that that piece of work was really um, was was really good and transparent so but recognized early doors that that Rory needed additional support around his mental health his anxiety the what, what was going on in his head the the kind of unknown questions that I had no answer to as well so um, so we thankfully and Rory was open to it, and we got permission for Rory to come and um, come and see Emmett then too. How much of an impact did that have in terms of the restorative process that went on alongside this? It's a good question, actually. Um, I think, from from my perspective, and Rory, you can I think you need to speak to this too. But I think because you got you got to see Emmett fairly quickly um, and recognised that. Although Emmett's mad as a bag of cats in Los Angeles, <laughs> totally, <laughs> he's totally. also brilliant uh, and really good at what what he does. And I think that that's that helped you build trust with me because yep. uh, because there was genuine help and support there. And I signposted you to someone that also was able to give you real quality, genuine help yep. and support. Yeah, well, the fact that it happened so quickly was just a 
blessing at the start because when I would try going through, you know, the doctors and stuff, it was like a month waiting mm-hmm. and they were just saying, if you need us, call us. I was like, it's the last thing I'm going to do if I'm in that sort mm-hmm. of head place. Um, but yeah, I got in really quick and it was my first time actually going to sort of a therapist or anything face to face. So it was new, but I knew it was the kind of thing that was going to work for me, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, I kind of, I felt comfortable with Emmett straight away. Just, uh, it was quite, it was formal but informal at the same time it was quite comfortable i could there was no language like you know it, it was quite um comfortable i think is the best way to put it across and i was able to i didn't feel judged or anything at all where the other times i felt like i was just a number on a sheet and nearly sure. felt like i was talking to an actual human being which was fantastic yeah no because one of the things that, I, that i'm conscious of in terms of the especially with restorative processes is when we're dealing with issues that relate to mental health, being able to process the hurt and the harm that you've actually maybe caused someone whenever your own sort of mental health is maybe in a poor condition, um, it's important that you address that first and foremost because going in and trying to look at what may be painful memories or painful recollections for you could further impact the the quality of, of mental health. So it's. It's great to hear that we're, you know, picking things up and having the resource uh, available. You know, there's a lot of, you know, young people being referred in other agencies that, it, that you know, these resources just aren't available and they're being asked to deal with things in a way that's just, it's difficult mm-hmm. for them to, to process how their own experience without having to think about what it is I need to do to try and put things right. Yeah. I think um, one of the things mentioned it is part of the restorative value is safety the sense of safety mm. of of who we're working with um and i think having rory meet emmett very quickly was part of you know just even his own physical safety that yeah. he would still be alive yeah but then long term it meant that the process that uh, rory came on with with me that reflection on harm because some of those sessions can be quite heavy you know we drew some stick men and yeah. things like that <laughs> and we looked at the kind of the harm caused sure. um and that, that, sorry that can be really heavy it definitely on. did help me like uh open up a lot more as well you know i was obviously with them uh, sorry i dealt a lot with uh my anxiety which i struggled with massively um and um just with techniques and stuff that Emma had showed me, I was able to sit and I was able to talk about it where before I would have purposely just avoided it because of how it made me feel, which in a way is kind of a selfish way to move on. So it helped me be more open and uh, work towards what we were trying to achieve. I don't think that sounds selfish at all. I think <laughs> if you're looking, you know, you, you know that you need help, then if you're putting things in place to help you with that, why not? That's, I don't think that's selfish at all. Man. So, But let, let's bring Emma in then. Let's bring the person that's been described as mod as a bag of cats. Um, <laughs> although I have to say that if I seen someone with a bag of cats, I may not actually end up all <laughs> So I may have thought I'd taken something, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Emmett, you've been working with alternatives now for a considerable number of years now, so um, it probably feels a lot longer than it, than it is, I yeah. suppose. You know, you've just become part of the, the fabric here. I'm going to ask it maybe... As maybe a, a different type of question mm. in terms of setting this up because you, you're dealing with people coming in from here with us and alternatives all the time mm-hmm. oh, 100% what what were your first impressions 
whenever Rory walked in through the door and started, you started having to try and initiate um, something that was going to help him. Well, when Rory came in, um, it's like a lot of our clients coming through the door. Even though we're talking about foundations, you know, when you've mentioned words like connection, trust, um, just been able to somebody to have that um, honest conversation with somebody. So a lot of your work that you were doing, even though it was maybe for the first couple of weeks, three weeks, you set a bit of a foundation for him coming in to work with me. Yeah. You know, and what I would turn around and say is that one thing that the, the, the workers in an alternative is, you know your limitations. A lot of stuff, especially when you're working with addiction, like for me, addiction is trauma. Yeah. And addiction for me is soothing that pain. And when we talk about our mental health, um, a lot of that's been there. A lot of that's been there. And the first time when, I, when Rory came in, his anxiety was literally uh, through the roof. Now, I don't know if that was because you were coming to therapy or I had part on of it. On a daily. <laughs> and it was on a daily daily thing where you yeah. had this massive constant um, where you were, you were, you were, as you said to me, so like, I'm, I'm always on guard. Do you know what I mean? And I'm wondering, yeah. is that coming from even the life of what you were living before you even came into us? Yeah. Well, I think definitely, definitely. I think whenever, whenever, before I first came to you, I think I was, I remember saying, I was like, we did the 10 to 1 anxious, I think. Yeah. I was about a 8, 24, 7, 10, all the rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was ridiculous. And as well, I think I remember saying, uh, once we did the havening and stuff, and I came back in, it was maybe after about two weeks, <laughs> it was like, um, the anxiety had gone. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't be like basically fully gone, and I was like, "It's better than any drug I'd ever taken," because <laughs> uh, I've been anxious for probably the last two two years of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd, like that was anxiety. I, I don't think I'd had a day without being fully anxious for probably the guts of two years. So it was like a big uh, breath of Love fresh going. air. Yeah, it was like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and well, we yeah. Had, we had talked even about the stress of of life. Yeah, and how it was lived in those, and how that just all contributed to anxiety for Rory for well, such so a long time. When we're, when we're working together with any client, I, I don't really, um, I, mean, I, I think he found it very strange, oh, I don't care really care about your drugs. You know, <laughs> and he's like, what? Uh, I don't care about your drugs. I don't need to speak about that. Um, it's nothing to do with drugs. Tell me what happened to you. Mm. you know, show me where the pain is. You know? um, relationship, you've mentioned it, you've constantly mentioned I don't care what skills we've got. The biggest skill is connection and relationship with anybody you're working with. If you haven't got that, it's not a hit on you. You just need to find somebody who can build that relationship up with that person if it's not the mix. Rory was very fortunate, straight on the alternatives, met up with you, and you started working on the restorative stuff. We'll just set to the side. Let's build the relationship till we get into the restorative stuff. And the restorative, even on its way of doing what he was doing on the building of the relationships. So he had that happening when he came in to see me. Um, and to say to you, for me, addiction is soothing pain. So I don't need to know anything about your drug use or your behaviors. But know what I need to look at is plain sample. I need to say, where was the pain? You know? Now, it took us a while to even build up that kind of foundation. And mm -hmm. there's that foundation where you either build it in sand or build it in concrete. You know? The tools that he's talking about, all that tool set. Rory had to do that himself. Rory had to actually do that himself. You know, he's got an hour with me. Okay, sometimes we've got an hour and a half. Mm. Um, 
But again, as you were saying, Tim, we just push the boundaries out a bit and yeah. give a bit of extra time. Um, but he had 167 hours to go out and start maintaining this himself. And I think that's the buy back in again. Yeah. What we invest in you, you have to invest in yourself. And Rory done that. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really, really started invest. But again, it's the trust of the company of what he was working for. You know, I'm working with. So we you hear a lot outside uh, people talking about complementary therapy, and they mean something completely different. <laughs> but what it does sound to me is is that the work that alternatives does in regards to the the restorative aspect, um, Emmett is a real complementary aspect to what it is that you try mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. um, with them, with the, the building of relationship, trying to set the foundation of trust, doing some of that almost bit of a dig before they come yeah. to you. You know, they're digging down mm -hmm. and starting to deal with some of the needs that are represented before mm -hmm. they come to you. So it's really exciting to hear that, that, that what you're doing and what we do as an organization Seem to dovetail so well very together. Much so. Very much so. The Murray. Mm. You know, they really do Murray. And when we're looking at trauma, trauma is, is, is what I see, what I hear, what happens to me. It can be like precarious trauma um, when you're being told a story. Mm. And our stories, the likes of Rory and many of the clients come through, there, are traumatic. Mm -hmm. So that then clings into the worker, you yeah. know. And what you done was you recognized this right away through the relationship you built with Rory. Right, okay, Ems, you come on board here. Start working with the trauma, start working with the anxiety, start working with the stress. Guess what? Because that clears that pathway for him to start working on himself and the restorative. Yeah. So he can now come out of that, um, they, they can come out of, of, of the, the, the framework in his mind and his own brain, bring himself into the frontal cortex where he can actually think. He's not frozen or stuck or, or fight and flight. And he actually can be with you. Mm -hmm. And tame the and 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 the being, you yeah. know, and that, it's so connected. It's it's, it's unreal. Yeah. As you work with um, trauma and you, you start to depotentiate it, or we start to take the emotional charges of it, it means that then you can really start looking at what he's working with with yourselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And I, I think that was really important was that ability then for Rory just to face it. Yeah. You know, just to go actually, yeah. I own this, you know, mm. this has happened and I'm not crippled by what has happened, but I'm able to face it and, and, and begin that restorative process or restorative resilience, yeah. you know, through the, through the hand in hand work with the day. That's as I said, just that resilience for that young man to be able to yeah. push himself forward, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like you have said, Glenn, like Emma, the processes, they, they, they're so complementary. They work together. They're, they're hand in hand. Mm. Doesn't, it, it wouldn't have worked for me to, just sit with Rory and go, well, I've no other support to give you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only it's only you and I in this. Yeah. Um you'd have been you'd have been annoyed with me and disappeared. Um and I'd have been frustrated with you at some point as yeah. well. Um, well. I probably wouldn't have been able to even carry it on. Yeah. I, probably, I wouldn't have been able to be as honest, which you have to be in the restorative process. You have to sort of it's one thing I noticed that like maybe the first few sessions, you know, you're kinda hiding stuff back or whatever you don't want to say, but you'd you're better just saying to make it work. You know, you need to be honest and move on, and it's well. I've I want to make an impact on the communities and stuff that I've heard, which is why I'm sort of doing this kind of thing. But you know, yeah. I'm uh, always open to helping alternatives because of what they've done. But well. even as you're saying, you're, you're talking about hiding behind things or hiding or not having the the strength to talk about stuff. 
you know, it's it's your resilience. Yeah. And that's what exactly what we, we worked on from the very, very beginning. You know, don't worry about your addiction, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. That's working the resilience first. Let's get you strong enough that you can actually deal with the things that you couldn't deal with. And you went into using substances to deal with them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. No. Tim, did you recognize a shift starting to happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think um the certainly the first little while, um just again we're trying to build relationship and, and connection and, and we were slowly doing that. Um but definitely that that connection to Emmett I felt accelerated our our ability to work together. It made what we were doing uh, it allowed us to face it in a in a better way. It allowed us to go actually well, let's just explore this and, and, and talk about this. And then it also then allowed us to consider a restorative intervention, a restorative conference, um, which which we did do uh, with um, with Mandy, um, which was great. Okay. All right, so there then was some practical outworking, not just of the, the resilience building, but this actual addressing the issue internally mm-hmm. and then addressing it externally uh, as well yeah, which yeah. is really i think is really really important because totally. it's it's one thing to process in the head but to actually engage with potentially the people that you may have hurt and harmed in your community that's a whole different ball game I'll altogether yeah Rory, you you've used a phrase a, a couple of times during our, our conversation here saying that you don't think one that you have been here or that this process has actually saved your life Talk to us a wee bit more about that because th- that's quite a statement, to be honest with you. Yeah, so um, before getting arrested, you know, my mental health was through the roof as well. It, it did get worse, obviously, through the prison thing. I, uh, whenever I was actually first got arrested, I have the opportunity to ring my parents or whatever. You know, you can tell them before it goes out on the news which um, I didn't do because I was so scared that my mum and dad would disown me and I wasn't going to be able to, you know, keep it on. So my solicitor rung, so I didn't actually hear from that, you know, side of things. When I was in there, I didn't hear from my mum and dad for over a week. And then when I got out, you know, then having to face all that, like my mental health was completely at an all-time low. Uh, Some... People took it better than others, you know, as well, which so I had to build relationships back up, which was hard, especially with some family members and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there was a few times since I've got out, you know, I've tried to take on my own life and stuff and uh, coming in and being able to speak to Emmett or just even Tim Dagen text as well, which is quite uh, good. Um, we're able to help me sort of reevaluate sort of because I am moving forward, the worst is kind of over. Do you know what I mean? It can only really, it can get better. And I can move forward and live my life and use it to an advantage as much as a weakness. And that really helped me look at it at a different perspective. Okay, so without this intervention, things could be a heck of a lot worse. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we've talked a wee bit about your past and sometimes it's very easy to dwell on what was going on. But previously and and it's like kind of we don't want to not it's not that we want to gloss over that because that's a part of your story mm-hmm. but what's more a part of your story is what's happening right now what's happening in your life right now what's good about your life right now yeah so um i'll just go back a wee bit i also started coming out i finally did that bodybuilding competition you know as i got out which started 
uh, which was a big confidence sort of booster. You know, it's standing on a stage, you know, there, which I was still on tag for. <laughs> so and, then, and then he sent Emmett and I photos of him yeah. in pants. Yeah. <laughs> in very skimpy <laughs> pants, I may add. It's okay. I will just um, edit that bit out. <laughs> and I wasn't even in the competition. <laughs> That's just the way we walk up out alternatives. <laughs> Is he in Marks and Spencer's? <laughs> no, they're definitely pre-mark. <laughs> it's just some boots bronzer on. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, so I did the um, I did the bodybuilding competition. Uh started sort of getting back out and uh better jobs, you know, stuff I was trying to look at stuff sort of uh, long term. Uh, sales is one thing I actually do have a lot of passion for. So I started off, uh, you know, I was in David Lloyd doing uh, their sales for their membership, which was good there as well. Um, I left it and then went cold call sale and actually tried to try, sort of widen my experience on the sales sort of side of it. Um, just with the court case and all coming up, it, um, I, I was scared to sort of do something sort of long-term in case mm. I had to let people down. So it was sort of doing a wee short jobs at the time just to sort of pay my rent and stuff like that um now i'm working full-time in a job that just sort of it's not where i want to be for the rest of my life but it pays the bills and i have recently started up my own business there for the first time so it's just launched as well which is a good thing to sort of get back into because it's what i enjoy doing so it's getting me back out into that sort of stuff as well i'm kind of just living now yeah <laughs> i would sure. say i was surviving before i'm actually able to live now and do what a like doing. So it sounds like not only did you get some resilience in regards to dealing with the issues that you were facing, um, the addictions and that type of thing, but it's also given you a bit of drive to move forward with other things in life. You talked about starting your own business there. Yeah. Um, I suppose the answer to this question that you made seem dead obvious. Were those the kind of things that were on your mind when you're in the middle of this? Uh, or did you lose sight of those things? Um, so I've always wanted to run my own business uh, and do my own sort of thing. I don't. So uh, I kind of got just taken into the wrong product, <laughs> kind of thing. So I, um, I've always known I wanted to. So the fact that I'm able to sort of do that now with the right sort of guidance, I mm. suppose, is the right way to do it. And um, yeah. I don't know. Really no, I, I think that that's right. Because what I was what I was wanting to try and hint that there was was the idea of setting your business up something that was previous in your own, you know, you, it was something you had a desire to do. And that going through this process reconnected you with some of those, you know, things that were important to you prior to taking this wee detour. Yeah. Well, well definitely even speaking uh well that was one of the things we mainly, <laughs> mainly spoke about whenever yeah. I went in. Um I was just, uh, I always told him my business ideas because it was quite hard for me to get across, you know, like some mom and dad didn't really, un or even friends and stuff, they're always, oh, we want you to get a nine to five and go like the more by book route now because obviously I did mess up where I didn't really see it that way. And um, it sort of showed, showed me as well, you know, that uh, I'm not really built for a nine to five and yeah, I've done all this, but I have like that entrepreneur drive, which now Luckily enough, my mum and dad sort of <laughs> take it now <laughs> and listen to me and uh, do support me and stuff as well, which has been really good. I've also started doing 
well, alternatives have kept me on doing work, you know, talks and stuff like that there and stuff like this and uh, trying to start up my own sort of TikTok and, you know, stuff like that to help promote and stop people going down the path that I'm doing as well. I think just even on the back of that, just where we were um, building that relationship at the beginning of the sessions, you know, let's take it away from the heat, as the mom would say. Do you know what I mean? Let's take let's sit back from the fire uh, and really take a look at futurism work as well and, and what your dreams and what your desires is, um, even though that's impossible to think about this because England we own the prison and starting to understand, okay, well, let's look at prison first. And I was in prison for seven years or just lately over seven years working. And so we could really progress with that state of things. But then also looking at the balance of life uh, and, okay, so what's the possibilities after this? And Rory, without a doubt, within the first probably two, three sessions, came out with some um, amazing business ideas. And I was just like, what? What sort of mindset has this young man got? And as he has said, all we had to do was change the product. Mm. That's all we had to do, yeah. you know? And this is what the kid's doing, or young man's doing now. He's, he's just changing the product. But the other side of it is, um, and I believe it's got a whole lot of the concept of what we were doing here, is that he believes in himself. Yeah. And that's what maybe he didn't bring to the table at the beginning. And he's even saying his mom, his dad, and they mean right for you. Yeah. Don't mean they don't mean to put you off running. But what they're saying is, this is how we see how we could keep you safe. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Except it's a lot different now. You know, I say <laughs> my mom's like, uh, or just whoever I'm talking to, or they're like, oh, 30 grand. You know, it's good for a year, but it's like that's not what I want. I want 30 grand a month. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> that's what I that's what I want to work for. But some the people, right way, of course. Some people, the right way. Some people think, <laughs> yes. oh, that's like never going to happen. That's cocky. Where. Um, I don't think it's unrealistic at all. I especially speaking to Emmett and Tim and like getting sort of more belief from myself. Like there's people out there who can do it. Why why can I not do it? Yeah, and that kind yeah. of thing. No, I, I think that, that that's good to hear in regards to the aspirations because I think sometimes whenever people have got things hanging over them, the idea of aspiration seems to just disappear. disappear from or the potential of, you know, I may be labeled yeah. a certain thing or a cert after a sentence happens, whatever else that can have an impact on your life going forward. And that can kind of rip it out because it's almost like possibilities seem to get removed. And I think our society is great at removing people's possibilities. Right, yeah. um, but I think in this sense, it's, it's actually just reinforced the fact that you do, regardless of whatever is going on, that you have possibilities. It's one, and, of, the, sorry, it's one of them things that um, I know it's going to be there and I'm going to, some people are going to label it for me of, for probably the rest of my life and stuff like that there. But then the time they're not the kind of people, I don't care. <laughs> not the kind of people that um, I'll be working with or doing it. Like if they can't accept stuff that I've done or that kind of thing, then that's just path that won't have to go down. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's fair to say that we that this is a, a very much a success story, an ongoing success yes, story. Yeah. I think, you know, that it, it's, you're not, the story isn't done because you're still here. Yeah. You're still with yeah. us. There's plenty of, uh, of days in, in terms of ahead of you yet so maybe what would be useful for us to maybe do is i'm going to end off with maybe saying tim what would you like to, to say to rory in regards to your one experience of being with him but just something that would you know just either encourage or some word of affirmation that you'd like to leave him with oh thanks glenn uh, <laughs> i think i think there's there's been there's been such a journey with Rory. It's it's been brilliant. Like the the stuff with Emmett. There there was the initial stuff. Then as the trial came came up, 
I think we recognised there was more anxiety there, so there was more sessions with, with um, with Emmett to come in, and that that even that has been really helpful because I was with you the day it was meant to happen, mm. yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't. But mm. even just how you were, I know you were nervous and you weren't, but actually, you know, your ability to manage that was was really evident. Mm. Um, but I, I suppose what I like, and I remember talking to you, Emmett. The was it the first or second time after you had met Rory and you were you were buzzing off his entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, and well, like yeah. It was it was yeah, really funny. Yeah. You were like a kid in a sweet shop a little <laughs> yeah, bit with yeah, it. Yeah. But I think that's that's the thing. Like for Rory, you know, there's a real determination to to succeed, um, and that has we've seen that in the restorative process. The restorative process would not have happened without the level of work that Rory was willing to put into it. Um, and that determination and the determination to work through it and, and meet the, the challenge of it head on, not just, not just to do it, but because he recognized the better from it. And I think that that ability to see the better um, is really important, even as you're endeavoring in new uh, new businesses and whatever that that ability to to look forward and see the better i don't have an entrepreneurial <laughs> bone in my body really i think i think i wish it did mm. um because it maybe be doing something different but <laughs> but actually to see that and see see you, you taking that on recognizing actually you know what i've done something wrong but it won't define me some people will judge me, but they don't define me. Who I am as a person, um, how I live well with other people, how I live well in this life, and how I, yeah, do well with my life is what what is what's important. And I think, like, more power to you, Rory, is is all I, I want to say. Like, I don't have one single word, but I just want to encourage you to keep going. Um, selling the right product, <laughs> doing the right thing. Yeah. Because actually who you are can make a real difference for others um, and your story will make a difference for others as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, what about you? Well, for me, it's like the man that never made a mistake made nothing. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, failure is only success. We have to fail to succeed. Um, the other side is that we're talking about a young man and I know we're have you seen Rory? Rory wouldn't be your smallest sort of character. And um, yeah, I wish a lot of young men out there and, 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 and just older men that can take something out of Rory's story about getting support, getting the help, um, asking. It's not, about, it's not about weakness. It really, really isn't about weakness. Um, and there's everybody's a genius in their own rights. Rory's a genius in his own rights, and he's just trying to find it out. And this is a journey that they're all on. Um, and all of us, you know, no matter no matter what, um, your past cannot define your future. And that's 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 about the head. I've got tattooed on my leg. Yeah, the past. You what? I've got tattooed on my leg. All right, he's got a tattooed <laughs> on his leg. Okay, well, uh, that defines your leg. <laughs> the past can't define your future. And look, the man never done anything wrong, never done anything right. You know what I mean? That's just about the head of it. So keep pushing forward, kid. And Roy, will end up last word with you then. What do you, what do you want to say in regards to one, the the help that you've received from alternatives, but the two gentlemen sitting in the room with you as well? Yeah. So the help from alternatives has just been life changing for me. Start off with Tim, obviously. Uh, 
bringing me in and making me feel sort of safe and uh, helping me get introduced to Emmett, which obviously I can never thank you enough. And then Emmett obviously taking me through and taking me in extra times and stuff. I know sometimes we did longer sessions when I needed it. I honestly don't think today I would be here with either of you, to be honest. And yeah, it's the whole company, but especially used to have completely saved my life, which I know I keep saying, but <laughs> it is completely true. <laughs> like I can't uh, thank you enough. And if there is anyone out there that would like to get involved, like I would recommend them to anything. I'll completely still work with them and do stuff like that because of what they've done for me. But I think that's a really nice place to at the end the, our conversation together, folks. You know, um, do we want to say about what Rory's doing? Oh, yeah, 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 go ahead. Yeah, so, um, just I'm doing a f sort of fundraiser golf event on the 31st of August, uh, to raise sort of to raise money for alternatives and stuff. And just, uh, it's basically a, a golf event with food and stuff after that you can then hear more about alternatives. And I will be telling my story too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is on the 31st of August. If you would like to get more information, the I think it'll be linked probably, but uh, if you email me at roryesroad at gmail.com, then I'll be able to sort you out with times and stuff like that. No worries, and I'm sure we'll put that up on social media, the website and everything as well. Folks, um, I don't know how you could listen to this and not be inspired in terms of, one, the, the fact that in this day and age, the change is possible. So many young people, so many people in general are written off because of their past or because of decisions that they've made. And it's stories like this that, you know, that continue to confound that kind of conventional wisdom that comebacks are hard. Uh, and what they are hard, but they're not impossible. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important that people get to hear that nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. No. It requires some hard work. It requires some graft. and But the result from that can be absolutely life-changing. Huge. Folks, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you, you Roy, for you. coming in and sharing Thanks your story me. so constantly with us. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Tim Emmett, for not just for being here, but for the work that you guys are doing uh, as part of um, the, the ongoing work here at Alternatives. Folks, tune in for our next episode when we will be talking with, uh, again, some other participants on our programs here, talking about the impact that the organization is having on their lives as well. So until the next time, look after yourselves and take it easy. Thank you.